9 o'clock, it's Mav Day. We talk with Colorado Mesa coaches and athletes coming up. Colorado Mesa men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge, Maverick women's basketball coach Taylor Wagner, and CMU men's wrestling coach Mike Mendoza will join us. We'll also have a... We had to move it into this hour. Pole dancing, by the way. So we'll have that uh, back end of this hour. Our top five NFL, top five college football. And our top five best football coaches right now. NFL and college. So we'll have that coming up later on. Uh, Do we ever get a winner, by the way, for um, Triple Play Record Stadium Cinema? We did. Okay, very good. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest another winner on the Team Sports Network. Junction Joe correctly identifying the sports television classic scene from The Office. Junction Joe? It's been a while since yeah, I've heard from Junction Joe. Yeah. It predates our prize winning software. That's how long it's He's been. out there He's selling houses winning. today. Yeah. Nicely so, done, Junction yep. Joe. Congratulations. All right. The Office. The Office. Did you like The Office? Were you an Office guy? Because I really enjoyed the show. The last couple of years, it kind of it wasn't my my favorite. So I'm about an episode and a half in, and I started six years ago. So <laughs> yeah, so I'll put it there. So not a priority for you? No, not a big priority. I watched the first episode. I'm like, I I don't see it. I don't hear it. I don't get it. Tried to get a second episode in and then had a whole lot more interesting television to watch and just That's never okay. got back to it. That's not for everybody. The stuff I like, I see online and the memes and all that look hilarious and it seems very humorous. I just don't want to, you know, parachute into a, an episode. I want to start from the beginning. I'm tr- it's, it's a little bit of a slog to get through the first couple, three episodes and into the meat of the show. It takes a while. I I agree. And particularly the Ricky Gervais, the original, the British mm-hmm. office is, it's really tough. <laughs> it's really, really tough. Yeah. All right. 902. And it's time to talk Colorado Mesa men's basketball with coach Mike DeGeorge. Talking Colorado Mesa men's hoops with Mavs coach Mike DeGeorge on the team. All right, uh, Maverick men's basketball team off to a 2-0 start in conference play after wins at Colorado Mines and then taking down eighth-ranked uh, Metro State this last weekend. Mike DeGeorge joins us. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Doing well, Jim. Thanks for having me. Great start to the season. Obviously a better start than last year. Uh, with the, Had to dig yourselves out of a hole last year early on in conference play, but uh, got the upper hand right now, the lead in conference play with that, that 2-0 start. And uh, let, let's go back to the Cover School of Mines game on Friday night where, um, where Trevor Baskin had one heck of a game, 27 points to lead your team to that uh, that opening RMAC victory on the road. Yeah, it was an interesting game. Mines obviously a really talented team, and, uh, you know, uh, so it was a great challenge for us. And then they actually flipped their game plan completely on their head for what they normally do. They usually just force us to make threes. And, you know, they really fanned out and really tried to take away the three-point shot with our emphasis on shooting that this year. And they really allowed Trevor and Mac uh, to play kind of one-on-one inside. And it took us a little bit to adjust. We fell down early. And then after we adjusted, you know, we got a steady dose of those guys inside and opening up three-point shots as the game progressed. Yeah, Isaac Jessup with 14 in the winning against the Ordiggers. Mac Rineker, who was the, uh, named the RMAC Defensive Player of the Week. We'll talk more about that in a moment. He had 14. Ty Allred had a, a heck of a game. Cry 13 points, 
block shot gave you that uh, that uh, additional help inside, that presence inside, Mike, in that front court? Yeah, it was great to have Ty come off the bench and just bring not only energy, but the amount of confidence he played with. And then his length, when he's able to stay in position defensively, his length becomes a major factor at the defensive end. And then, you know, a guy of his size able to shoot the way he can is just, uh, you know, really counters Mack and Trevor really well in that teams uh, are game planning to kind of play our bigs a little soft, keep them, you know, out of the paint. And then Ty comes in uh, as a backup there and, and he can really stretch the floor. So they have to treat him totally differently. And it was great to see him starting to get in the flow of the game, uh, you know, on a regular basis like he did this weekend. Mike DeGeorge, Maverick men's basketball coach with us on the Team Sports Network. And then the, the centerpiece of the weekend, though, was the win at Metro State. The Roadrunners entered that game eighth ranked to get the 85-82 victory as Trevor hits a couple of big free throws with under nine seconds left to go. Uh, as your team, 18th ranked in the nation, uh, gets the victory at Metro State. Mac Rineker, a sacational game, 20 points, but uh, Mac's defense, uh, you know, appreciated by the, the conference, he was named the RMAC Defensive Player of the Week and a sensational weekend for him. Yeah, Mac was uh, awesome this weekend. And then, you know, the, the challenge of guarding Caleb McGill from uh, Metro inside um, is, is real. And, you know, a lot of people said, hey, like, I really like Metro's guards, but they don't have much inside. I mean, Caleb McGill's one of the best players in the league, but. That's what Mac does is he just is able to isolate people and they just had a terrible time getting it inside to him and, and really took him out of the flow of the game, which was amazing after us getting the win. And, and uh, you know, obviously a lot of different guys stepped up. Mick McCurry was awesome off the bench, brought that same energy and shooting uh, that Ty had brought the night before. And, and, you know, we really feel like we have a lot of depth off our bench. And, um, you know, it's not going to be the same guy every night, but we're hoping that we can get that kind of performance uh, when needed off the bench um, with some additional offensive punch. And those guys are all really starting to start. Yeah, and, and Mick, uh, with with 12 points, uh, hit the, the two threes. You know, it's uh, he's that, uh, you know, that side pocket three kind of guy on occasion for you, Mike. They can come off the bench and, and hit a couple of uh, three balls for you. And, and uh, Mick certainly did that in a, an outstanding bench performance. And like you said, it's going to be a lot of different stars, it seems like, every single night for this basketball team. Yeah, I mean, it's one of our – it's our strength and it's a challenge for us right now. We really have 12 guys we're confident in playing, and I uh, can't play 12. And But I've had a terrible time deciding which 12. And then they're feeling a lot of pressure, and their limits are minute, – you know, some of their minutes are limited in a particular game. So – they're not getting necessarily in a consistent role um, that they have confidence coming in, knowing what that role is going to be on every night. So somehow we have to work through this over this next few weeks here and really start to solidify our rotation. But right now I really don't know what that is because, you know, our guys have different strengths, but they're all good players and they're all capable of contributing. And so it's just been a real challenging thing this fall, figuring out that right rotation. It was great to see, you know, both Mick and Ty step up this weekend. Mike to George Maverick men's basketball coach with us. Mavericks on a, a five-game winning streak heading into home games this weekend. And getting back to what you're talking about, Mike, with the depth you have right now, I mean, what is the process for you? As you said, it's tough right now to, to figure out which which guys to play. How do you sit down and address your rotation? I mean, it's still early in the season when it comes to conference play, just a couple of games in. What's, what's the procedure you and Kyle kind of go through in trying to figure out which guys are going to play on a, on any kind of regular basis? 
Well, this has been the most challenging year I've ever had with it. I mean, you know, typically what we'll do is I watch a lot of film individually with players, particularly that are on the fringe of trying to form a role. So we'll just watch the games from the weekend together, just one-on-one. And, and um, you know, one is it allows us to kind of work through some uh, any questions they might have or any role definition stuff that maybe they're not understanding. And then also it just allows, like, you know, I'm human too, and there are – certain plays in a game that impact me more than maybe they should and so you know maybe one play sticks in your head where they're out of position or they made a bad decision with the basketball and it sticks in you that they didn't play very well and so but if you're just watching that one guy through the whole everything they do on the court for all the time they're in there you really get a better picture of how they're fitting in and and what they're doing well and what they're not doing well and so that's been a very valuable process for me over the years in terms of really kind of solidifying our rotation this time of year um, this year it's been more challenging because the other factor is, is that, you know, a lot of times it's matchup based. Like, okay, this guy's a good matchup for this team. And so we'll give him an opportunity. And, but like the group is, is talented enough where we, the matchups don't matter as much. And so this year, and so it's really been a difficult process. Um, but I, what we're going to start doing is we've really had four guys, you know, uh, Mac and Trevor, we already talked about, and then Isaac Jessup and Owen Kuhn. So they're really playing at an all-conference level. And outside of that, it's been a little bit inconsistent, everybody's performance. So we're going to try to just focus on a particular group and give them key minutes one night, and then it may be a different combination uh, that uh, the next night around that that four and see what we can kind of figure out. But um, I, I, I just wish we were playing a little longer game so I could play all 12. <laughs> Well, you need to get in touch with uh, with Commissioner Graham. Uh, maybe you can say, "Hey, can we play? Can we can we add another maybe you know another twenty minutes onto this whole thing? Can we do that?" <laughs> uh, you have to run it up the flagpole, Mike, and see what uh, what happens. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thought. <laughs> <laughs> Mike to George Cuttlemesa, men's basketball coach, with us on the Team Sports Network uh, home this weekend for conference games, starting out the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs. Uh, they come into the, the weekend. With a, with an zero and two record in conference play, four and four on the season, uh, they're coming off a, a tough game, a loss so to uh, Black Hill State, sixty seven fifty six. Xavier Martinez had seventeen in that game, and he's been so far this season for the Mountain Lions. Mike, their their leading scorer, their their go to guy on the offensive end. Yeah, and they have a talented group again. Their front line is really what what has the potential to make them special just because they're big and they're athletic and they can, most of them can shoot threes. And so they do create problems defensively finishing. And then, you know, they can stretch the floor on offense and they're also roll threats. So um, that kind of gets them started. And then they have some new guys that are generating a lot of offense for them on the perimeter. Martinez is an undersized kind of freshman guard from Texas. Who's uh, really been scoring um, for him and doing a good job. So, they're definitely a capable team. You know, they got a lot of new pieces. It's taken them a little time to get going here, but they're very capable of coming in here and competing at a very high level. William Becker's just over nine points per game, but boy, he has uh, been impressive on the glass. He's averaging 11 rebounds per contest, Mike. Yeah, he's one of those guys. I think he was. Uh, I think he was here before I was here. I mean, it seems like he's been on every team since we've been here. So. And he's a problem. He's long and athletic. He's a great shot blocker. He's a great rebounder. He's also a great passer. So, you know, his stats are never going to blow you away in terms of scoring, but he just does so many things that impact winning. Now, he did get hurt last Friday and didn't play on Saturday. 
Um, and he, last year when he played, they had a, he had an injury play year last year. When he played, they were like seven and one, and their record not good without him. And so he's a key cog for him, and and uh, you know it'll be a big factor if he's healthy and, and playing again. Also, for the Mountain Lions, uh, Hannes Saar is averaging almost eleven points per game. Uh, a guy that uh, right there, second leading scorer to Xavier Martinez. That's uh, been a guy that uh, you have to keep an eye on coming up on Friday night. Yeah, he's about a six-six uh, kind of inside-out combination. He sometimes plays on the perimeter, sometimes plays more of a post position for him. He can go either way, and he's a bit of a matchup problem. And uh, he's been an active scorer for him. And so, yeah, they they can kind of play big or play small. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, how they try to attack and deal with that. It's been challenging for teams, uh, you know, with uh, Owen and uh, and Trevor and Mac are so athletic. Uh, having bigs on the opposite team to be able to match up, but they are very athletic and physical up front, and uh, so they do they do match up well with us. Cover Mesa men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge with us on the Team Sports Network. When you watch them on film, Mike, in terms of what they're doing defensively, what what are some of the things you're seeing on film that'll be a, a challenge when you get into your half court set? Well, the ice ball screens, which has been more of a problem for us in the past than it is this year with the way we're playing, and what I mean by ice is they kind of you run into a side pick and roll they try to down it towards the sideline or to the baseline and don't let you come off the screen and so in the past that's been a little bit of an issue for us uh it always takes a lot of prep the week of when we face teams that ices but uh this year with our pace and the, the angles of our actions and where we're setting the screens it won't be as big a factor and then you know they'll do some multiple things defensively when they played mines at home they kind of lost right at the end uh, at the buzzer against mines and they went to a 2-3 zone late, and it really was disruptive uh, to minds. And so, you know, we just got to be ready for some different game planning that they may do. Mike DeGeorge, Maverick men's basketball coach with us on the team. I uh, do want to ask you about Matt Grinnicker, Defensive Player of the Week once again. Uh, you know, we talked about how he's picked up his scoring, Mike, but uh, defensively, led the Armac in steals last year. As, I guess it's hard to ask. It's hard to figure out if Mac is better defensively because he's always going at it. I mean, he's always all over the field, all over the court, getting hand in passing lanes. He's always active on the glass. He's all you know, always active on the defensive end. Do you feel like he's actually maybe even a little bit better right now this year uh, with the way you've seen him play defensively? Yeah, that's hard to say. I mean, he's just played defensively at such a high level. And he, he, it, the best thing that he's doing defensively, which makes him better, even though he had a little bit of foul trouble on uh, on um, Saturday night, is that he's doing a better job of being conscious of when to be aggressive and when to not pick up a, a bad foul. And so, you know, to me, that's made him better because he's just on the floor longer. But he's bringing that same toughness, that same energy. And you know, there's some things about him that we've just had to embrace, too. We used to really try to, you know, help him just kind of be an elite position defender. And at one, a couple of years ago, I was just kind of like, all right, we just got to let Mac be Mac. Just let him run around. <laughs> he's going to make plays. and He's going to get himself out of position, but he's such a great athlete. He'll get back in position or he'll get a steal. And, and um, you know, so he just has this incredible knack of, uh, of how to – you know, take angles and position himself. And then he's just so physical and he plays so hard and he's just so quick. That's just, just a really difficult combination. And it's just interesting to see teams trying to enter the post against him. And like even guys doing it in practice and we're just like, you know, why would, if you see Mac as a defender, why would you even try to enter it? Just reverse the ball, you know? So <laughs> don't even waste your time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, really, it just leads in a turnover. It's unbelievable how hard it is to enter the ball in the low post when he's guarding the post. <laughs> 
Uh, CMU men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge with us Saturday. It, it's Regis. Uh, the, the Rangers come in with a record right now in conference play of 1-1. One and one. They are, They're 4-3. and three. Uh, They're coming off the loss to Black Hills State, or to South Dakota Mines, excuse me, uh, 82-64 as uh, Ty Cox had a, a big game, career high 23 points to, to lead the Rangers in that loss. Yeah, you know, they're in a similar position as UCCS as they have uh, a lot of new guys. Uh, they're incredibly well coached. And so far, their system is, you know, they've been a Princeton system, so very similar to Metro. So that's good that we just faced it. Their concepts are a little simpler so far this year, just as they're kind of got a new group they're working with. But they got a lot of quickness at the guards, and they got big that can uh, stretch the floor and are physical. And so, um, you know, again, it'll be a similar kind of challenge as it, as it will be on Friday night. But both teams, very capable of playing at a high level, but still working to kind of figure out uh, who they are uh, with a lot of new players. And the player for the Rangers has been their leading scorer, also their uh, leading three-point shooter, uh, Chase Mayo-Harmon, 16 points per game. He's hit uh, 13-3 so far this season. Uh, been, the, been the guy that's uh, led the way for them offensively, Mike. Yeah, he's kind of a big wing. He's physical, and he's got he's a good athlete, but he's mainly you know a, a three point shooter. But he really rises up on his shot, and he doesn't need much space to get it off. And then, you know, the combination of their their quickness uh, has created a lot of three point opportunities for him, and and he's been knocking them down at a high rate. When you watch them defensively, Mike, what are some of the takeaways you see? What they're trying to do on the defensive end? Well, they're. Uh, their coach is an old Metro guy. He was there back in the day when Metro had those great teams. And so he's, uh, he's into, he really wants to pressure you full court and then kind of get into the half court. And then he always has kind of a, a different game plan in terms of ball screen defense um, a lot. He switched us a lot in the past and puts kind of smaller guards, bigs. And so then they double the post. And so, you know, there'll be some different things that they do. I'm sure they'll employ some of those same concepts. Uh, this year, and so we'll just have to be ready to be poised against their pressure and doubling. Of course, that's Brady Bergeson, who's their their coach, and I remember, I remember when Brady was playing uh, in the conference. It didn't seem like it was that long ago, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it seemed like it was just a few years ago, but it's been longer than that. Uh, anyway, we'll have the Mavericks uh, taking on UCCS Friday night, and then Regis on Saturday on the Team CMU Sports Network, presented by Ken Richards State Farm. Women's pregame both nights at 5.15, the minutes 7.30. And uh, once again, we'll have it right here on the Team CMU Sports Network. Mike, I always appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Congratulations on the, on the great start and the win against, uh, of course, Metro State last weekend. And we'll see you out at uh, Brownson this weekend. Uh, thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, Mike DeGeorge, Maverick men's basketball coach, with us in the program this morning. All right. Uh, do we want to go ahead and try to squeeze in pole dancing right now? Uh, yeah, we can do that. Let's go ahead and do that. We got it together, didn't we? Coming to the stage, yeah. it's Amber. We've Remember, everybody, $14 Comic-Cons. Let me ask you a question. Do I make you horny, baby? Do I? I mean, really, when you really sit and think about it, isn't it really, really nice? All right, so... dollar bills out. It's time for pole dancing. Sorry about that. <laughs> his team doesn't get into the playoffs. You cut his bit from the pole dancing open. Man, a lot. Sorry, man. You're Sorry. just hammering Chris Britt this week. Sorry, huh? man. Jeez. Next, you're going to tell him he doesn't look anything like Mark Royal. <laughs> That's not Britt. It's not Britt doing that. Or is it? I don't know. All right, it's our uh, top five NFL, top five college, and our... Right, who do you think are the best football coaches right yeah, now? Right now. NFL, college, both. 
December the 5th, 2023. All right. So here we go with pole dancing today. Start things out with the NFL. I'll just go uh, five through one, and then you can do the same. How about that? We'll just do it that way. All right. uh, I have a tie cheated here a little bit. I get a tie for number five. Can I do that? Yeah, I cheated for my college Mm -hmm. football ranking. Okay. I've got the fighting knee biters of Dan Campbell, and I got the Cowboys. Both nine, nine and three teams. Cowboys have not lost at home. Lions are actually better away from Ford Field than yeah, they are at are. home. But I've got to Detroit and Dallas tied for fifth in my NFL pole dancing. Then I've got Baltimore. That defense continues to play great. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now, the way the entries are racking up in the AFC North. Right now, they're the, only, the only one healthy with, quarterback. They're the only healthy quarterback in Lamar Jackson right now. Because Kenny Pickett out with the ankle surgery. Yeah. I have Miami third, Philly second, San Francisco. You, you beat the number one team. You get to be the number one team. Yeah. I have five teams. Mine are the same outside of the Cowboys. Just three and five are different. I have Miami five. Because I'm not sure I trust them against a really good team yet. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Baltimore's four. Detroit are fighting Dan Campbell's or knee biters. I have them as three. Philadelphia to San Francisco, number one. All right, college football. Mm-hmm. I have Florida State, number five. I, I just, I, I think the Jordan, I, I feel like I'm being a member of the committee. Mm-hmm. The Jordan Travis injury does have an impact on how you view them. Yeah. I have them number five. Georgia, number four which means they'd be in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, Texas, Washington, Michigan. I know you hate putting Michigan I out there. I hate when you see that. Yeah. I have Washington as my number five team. Florida State, number four. Alabama, three. Texas, number two. And Washington again as the number one team, <laughs> just so I don't have to put Michigan in here. Washington, number five and number one. Come on, Husky. I should I should have put Alabama in. I did not put yep. Alabama in. So. They, they deserve to be mm-hmm. there, though. But probably probably kind of like Detroit-Dallas, probably fifth. For, yeah, I could have probably put Georgia in at some point. I just wanted to have Washington in there twice. Best football coaches. Yep. This is NFL and college. Mm-hmm. And this is who we think are the best right now. Just head coaches, right? Just head coaches, okay. yep. Just head coaches. I've got John Harbaugh, number five. The consistent, consistency year in, year yep. out. Ravens are a perennial playoff team. He's won a Super Bowl. Yeah. I've got Nick Saban, number four. Just when you think he's dead, mm-hmm. he's not. I've got Kyle Shanahan, third. Young Shanny's dead tonight. Not that he's so yeah. young anymore. So far, I have the same three in my five somewhere. I've got Kirby Smart, number two. Ooh. Okay. And I've got Andy Reid, number one. I had Andy Reid in there, but the way their offense is kind of lacking at times. Taking this him year, down a little notch too. Took two. him out. He would be, I guess, six, five and a half or six. I have three former Cleveland Brown assistants in here too. Not to say that there's <laughs> missed opportunities for my franchise, but there is. I have Mike McDaniel at number five. Just how not bad he has been able to. Like he's one of the guys, but he's also the boss at the same time. He's kind of splitting that line really well right now in Miami. I have John Harbaugh, number four. I have Nick Satan, Saban, uh, number three. Freudian slip. Yeah. Whoops. I have him, number three. That's 
for me, that's the John Harbaugh of the college ranks, just with more success. Doesn't matter who's there. Doesn't matter who's healthy. As long as Alabama plays football, the committee and Nick Saban will get them into the playoffs. I have Steve Sarkeesian number two. I think a lot of people forget kind of the first year at USC was pretty good, was kind of on the upswing after they were down for a couple years. He was pretty decent at Washington before that. And now he's got Texas in the playoffs for the first time ever. And number one, I have Kyle Shanahan. Just what he is doing, I mean, he went from Jimmy G, Trey Lance, to whoever else, and now Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Who, his outfit Sunday was less than $100 off the shelf at Kohl's. (laughs) Just looks like a dork, but he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. That's Kyle Shanahan's coaching. I almost thought about putting Kyle Whittingham in here. Yeah. Year in and year out, man. They're good. Mm -hmm. All right. That's pole dancing for today, 925. Coming up next, we'll talk CMU women's basketball with head coach Taylor Wagner. That's on the way. First of all, it's hilarious. Warped, twisted individuals. Yes. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Colorado Mesa women's hoops with Mavs coach Taylor Wagner on the team. With us right now, the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. The Maverick women, 1-1 one one in conference play, 7-2 and two overall. After uh, their weekend road trip over to Colorado School of Mines and to Metro State, Taylor Wagner joins us. Taylor, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Doing well. So, uh, come, came up a little bit short of the sweep this past weekend, but but what a heck of a game and that, that Friday night matchup with Colorado School of Mines. Uh, they're number 16 in the nation. You're number 23 ranked in the nation heading into that game. Uh, double overtime game. You lose at 89-85, but you got to be thrilled with the way uh, your team responded in that game. Just came up a little bit short in double OT of getting that uh, opening uh, RMAC victory. Yeah, you know, we, we kind of dug ourselves a little bit of hole. They went up 15 at halftime. Um, and, you know, the girls responded. I thought we played great in the second half. But we just didn't have enough right at the end. We had a couple opportunities to, you know, to, to win it in regulation, need to come up with a rebound. And, and then in that first overtime, we, you know, we had a chance to hit another free throw and go up four instead of three. And then, you know, then they go down and hit a three on us and, and uh, send it to double overtime. But proud to how the girls responded not only in the second half and overtime, but then also the, the you know, the next night. Um, so it was just, it was a weekend, uh, man, I wish we would have got that game, but, uh, um, you know, split, we'll take that. And you, anytime you can win on the road, it's good. And you certainly in that minds game had a, a lot of incredible performances. Olivia Reed tied a career high with 30 points. Um, she had a career best 17 rebounds in that game. Kylie Kravig, had a double-double, um, 13 points, career-high 12 assists before she fouled out in the second overtime. And, and the fact that doing exactly what you need your, your point guard to do, uh, Taylor, distributing the basketball with the 12 assists, that, that clearly points uh, to her finding the open players, but only three turnovers in 41 minutes on the floor. That's impressive. Kylie played a, a heck of a game at your point guard. Yeah, she, I thought she stepped up big time for us. You know, they're always a, a challenging team to play because they do a lot of trapping. Anytime there's a ball screen set, they're they're really aggressive. So um, I thought she handled that well. And, uh, you know, put some of the other girls in situations 
where they're going to get a good look. And then a couple of newcomers who uh, who played really well in that game. Mason Rowland, we keep talking about the former Durango Demon, former uh, Southwestern League Player of the Year. She had a career-high 23 points. She had 10 in the third quarter. And she just, as we, it seems like every week we talk about this, Taylor, she keeps playing like she's a junior or senior, not a freshman. Yeah, I mean, I, I think she was so afraid at halftime. <laughs> so, you know, she came out on fire and really kind of got us going and, uh, you know, just mature be, beyond her years. And, but I, I just like she's fearless. She, you know, she'll take a big shot. She'll get in the lane. Uh, you know, she defends for us. She rebounds for us. So it's just one of those things where she just adds a, another element of, uh, that we need on our team right now. And she's done a awesome job this year for us and her jump shot with you know, about 40 seconds left in regulation gave the lead at one point before uh, the first overtime and then another player that uh, that played really well uh central washington transfer claire heitschmidt 10 points hit a three with about six minutes left to go into regulation that they got it tied up at 60 and so uh she had probably her her best performance so far as a member of this mavericks basketball team yeah she's she's getting more comfortable and uh, you know, and that's the big thing. We need her. She's a great passer and really high IQ. And I think, too, you're going to start to see her settle in a little bit more on the offensive side and hit big shots like that for us. And then you briefly referenced the next night when you played at Metro State, uh, a 63-43 victory. would have been easy for your team to be a little bit mentally, physically wore out of after a, a double overtime battle with uh, the Ordiggers the night before. But uh, your team responded the way you hoped they would by by, by the way they played going out and, and winning it by, t- by 20 points in that game. So uh, an impressive effort against Metro State after a, a very emotional loss the night before. Yeah, I, in fact, I was really worried about that. You know, uh, big game. You know, we came up short. And then at the quick turnaround where we played at 3.30 the next day. So uh, going in, I was like, okay, hopefully shots go in and, you know, we play well, and, we, and everything kind of falls in place. And You know, the girls, they did a phenomenal job. I think we were up 28 at one point in the third quarter, and, and uh, you know, it was just one of those games where um, Josie Stedman had a huge game for us, career-high 17 points, and hit four three-pointers. And, and they were really huge for us when she made those shots because they'd kind of started to creep back a little bit. We were going through a dry spell offensively. She just stepped up when we needed her to. Yeah, Josie Stedman with the four threes, the 17 points, ties her a career high, which she had uh, earlier this season against Simon Frazier. And and last year, Taylor, we did, we've did seen moments where Josie Stedman will hit a three. She can, uh, you know, uh, you know, is able to do that. She is able to to give you some, some outstanding perimeter play. And uh, you know, in a little flash of that last year, in this game, though, where you – you need somebody to kind of pick it up offensively, step it up a little bit. Josie certainly uh, uh, delivered on cue uh, in that win against Metro State. Yeah, I'm, you know, and Olivia got in foul trouble, and uh, so it, it really helped us. You know, in the second and third quarter, Olivia sat quite a bit. So, you know, for her to come in and give us that lift offensively, like I said, that was we needed that. I, I was happy for her. she. You know, it's been it's been a few games since she'd hit a three for us. Hopefully that gets her right back on track. Taylor Wagner, coach of the Colorado Mesa women's basketball team with us. Uh, Mavericks right now 1-1 one one in conference play, 7-2 and two overall. 
as uh, UCCS comes into Brownson Arena. They're they're two and zero. They're currently five and three on the season, and it's a UCCS team uh, coming off a, a win against Black Hill State, sixty three fifty seven. Mason White, uh, she uh, had an outstanding game, 20 points to lead uh, the Mount Lions, but uh, they're off to a really good start right now uh, in conference play with that uh, that 2-0 mark. Yeah, they have a new coach. Um, I think there's a different type of energy with their team this year, and, and you referenced Mason White. I mean, she's probably one of the most physical posts that will play all year, and she, she definitely will cause some matchup problems. A lot of people get foul trouble, you know, when they're trying to guard her because she is just, you know, she just does such a great job and is physical in the post. So uh, we've got to be ready for them that they're playing well right now and, and uh, they've got some momentum going their way. You mentioned the new coach, Misty Wilson, is the new uh, Mountain Lions coach. Uh, uh, previously coached at uh, Tarleton State for nine seasons. What does she bring to to this uh, Mountain Lions team, Taylor, that maybe I'll use your reference as a little bit different basketball team that's uh, having this team get off to this kind of start, maybe some positive changes she's brought to the to what they're doing and, and what you're seeing on film? Well, I just, they're really aggressive. You know, their guards do a great job attacking the rim. And, uh, you know, I think defensively they look a lot better and, and just are really engaged. They're just, they compete on every play and and that's one thing, you know, that we're telling our kids, hey, you've got to be ready. Um, you know, they're going to push the ball in transition, and then they're going to get up and, and pressure you on defense. So we've got to mentally be ready for a, a tough game. Along with White, uh, Christina Haygood is uh, just a little under uh, 10 points per game, but she's one of their top three-point shooters. She's hit uh, 10 this season, so uh, she has the ability to, to, to stretch things out a little bit and, and be a factor in the perimeter game. Yeah, she's, she's helping them. She transferred from New Mexico Highlands, and so we're familiar with her. And, and she can get it going. She can really shoot it. So we've, we've got to make sure that we lock in on her as well and, and not let her get going. Godwin Mesa women's basketball coach Taylor Wagner with us on the Team Sports Network. And then you take on Regis, and they're off to a good start, like UCCS. Uh, Regis right now 1-1 one one in conference play, 6-2 and two overall, and uh, they're coming off a victory where they knocked off uh, South Dakota Mines by the score of 79-50 to 50 in that one. So it's a, a Rangers team that uh, has, has been playing well with Athena Saragoza, who had 21 points in that victory against the Hard Rockers. Yeah, I mean, they're the reigning champs. So, you know, they're, they're, you could say they're the team to be. They, they have a lot of players back. And, and some of the other girls are really stepping up. Uh, Aaron Fry was player of the year last year. She's their third leading scorer, so... Some of the other girls are really um, playing well. I really feel like they, they're really well-balanced offensively. and Any one of their starters could go on for a big night. So it'll be, a, it'll be a big test for us. And Like I said, they generally play really hard, rebound well, and, and I know it'll be a big game for them as, as well as it is for us. As you referenced, Fry, their leading scorer behind uh, Saragoza, but uh, Josie Ryan's been their leading scorer this season at uh, fi- over 15 points per game. But uh, she's also uh, had a heck of a season to start out defensively, uh, Taylor, with the 21 steals to lead their basketball team. Yeah, I mean, she's playing at a high level. Uh, you know, she's shooting the three really well. She does a great job getting to the rim, uh, got on the free throw line a little bit. Defensively, she's really stepped it up. And, uh, right now, 
you know, I haven't seen her play at this level at all. And uh, you can tell she's put a lot of work in it over the summer to, to be able to have a season like she is right now. What are some of the things they're doing defensively, Taylor, you've seen on film that, that make them a, a challenge again this season? Well, they're just, they're a pretty gritty team. You know, they'll get in you, they'll, they'll defend you, they, you know, they're going to try and take away all your easy shots and, you know, your first options on, on, on our sets. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they match up with us and, uh, you know, who's on who and, um, you know, where we can try and exploit one of them if we can, you know. Uh, but I just feel like they're a team that's pretty determined. And, you know, they're, like I said earlier, they're the reigning conference champs. And, you know, they probably don't want to give that up anytime soon. We've, we've had some good battles before, so I know uh, this is a big game for them to play me. So. All right, well, I have coverage of both nights, UCCS and Regis, the Maverick women and men on the team CMU Sports Network, presented by Ken Richard State Farm. Women's coverage both nights starts at 515. The men will tip it off at 730 right here on the team. Taylor, we'll see you this weekend. Appreciate it. Thanks as always. Thank you. All right, Taylor Reitner, coach of the Maverick women's basketball team. A couple of uh, big-time contenders this weekend, defending conference champion Regis on Saturday, and a UCCS team that's off to a really good start on Friday night over at Brownson Arena. All right, 940 Jim along with the Buckeye boy today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It's time for this day in sports history. That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right. 1924, Red Green. That was a show my brother used to watch on oh, PBS. Uh, on right? PBS, where yeah. they used, they used uh, the duct tape to fix everything. Mm-hmm. Well... Red Green of the Hamilton Tigers scores five goals in a 10-5 win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Also on this day, 1972, Johnny Rogers of Nebraska wins the Heisman Trophy, beating out Oklahoma's Greg Pruitt and teammate Rich Glover. The all-purpose back gained 5,586 yards and scored 45 touchdowns in his collegiate career. 1974, the Skywalker, David Thompson, scores an ACC record 57 points to lead NC State to a 144-88 route of Buffalo State. Thompson surpassed the 56 points scored by South Carolina's John Roche against Furman on February 5th, 1971. I believe John Roche went on to play for the Nuggets, just like David Thompson did, if memory serves me correctly. I believe I know David Thompson did. Know that David Thompson did. John Roche. Pretty sure David Thompson. John Roach, I have no idea. Play for the Nuggets. Hey, there you go. Just a quick check on that, quick fact check on that. Also on this day, 1976, O.J. Simpson of the Bills rushes for 203 yards and a touchdown and a 45-27 to loss to the Dolphins. Final one, 1981. USC's Marcus Allen sets an NCAA record for yards rushing in a season with 2,342, wins the Heisman Trophy. All right, we'll talk a little wrestling with Mike Mendoza. Head coach of the CMU men's wrestling team. That's next on the Jim Davis Show. I'm the morning guy. I have a Facebook group, 16 members. Some call it a fan page. I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Get in the locker room with Colorado Mesa Sports. This is Mav Day on the team. Wrapping up Mav Day, we talk a little cover to me, some men's wrestling with uh, Mike Mendoza, Maverick men's wrestling coach. Good morning, Mike. How are you? 
Good morning. Pretty good. Thanks. Always great to catch up with you and uh, your Maverick wrestling team off to a really good start uh, in conference uh, duels. And you had the uh, the victory over uh, your arch rival, Western Colorado University, 24-17. to uh, Won a couple of lower weights with forfeits, uh, but uh, able to, to go out, though, with uh, some great performances by Denon Torgerson. Uh, he had a 6-4 victory over Noah Kaparowitz at uh, 141. Uh, you also had a victory by Juan Garcia transfer that comes in from uh, Wisconsin Lacrosse. So some uh, Owen Klein uh, also with a victory as well. Uh, but you're able to uh, to go out and get that victory over uh, Western 24 to 17. Yeah, it was a, a great effort by our guys. Uh, you know, of course, when you wrestling your your rival, it just seems like there's more than just a dual meet um and they're always tough and so we know that when they come here whether we're here or there it's going to be it's going to be a dogfight. and yeah definitely some good performances some tight tight uh close matches that we were able to pull out and um yeah guys guys performed pretty well for their first home match mike mendoza cmu men's wrestling coach with us today on the team sports network and then you also uh had the victory against San Francisco State University over at uh, Brownson with the 30-10 to 10 victory. And uh, Dason Torgerson, uh, who's a, a true freshman, who's 8-3, uh, and three, uh, he was able to, to get the victory to win uh, his weight class uh, with a 22-5 to five technical fall over Hayden and Cheetah at 125. So uh, a really good performance uh, for your true freshman in that, uh, that victory against San Francisco State. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think he was. Re- I think he was really looking forward to wrestling the, the night before against Western, and yeah, just unfortunate injuries for for that team, and he wasn't able to compete. But you know, um, for a true freshman going out in his first college match, um, just really wrestled really well. He's and he's gotten better every match. Um, you know, he's had a couple tournaments, and and then that was his first dual meet, and so yeah, he's definitely a talented one and and uh, it's going to be a great one for us mike mendoza cmu men's wrestling coach with us today on the team sports network uh, also against uh, the gators of san francisco state they uh, gave uh carranza at uh, 197 uh was was victorious uh, 11 to 2 with a major decision and then uh, tyler doyle at 285 uh, beating emilio franco sandoval four to two so a couple of those upper weight guys Mike, uh, coming up with uh, successful uh, results for you. Yeah, our upper weights are probably, you know, maybe where we feel like we're pretty strong up up top there. Even our 184-pounder, Jason Benarowicz, uh, you know, he's a junior. Uh, so kind of the, the the older, one of the older guys in the lineup for us. And, and Gabe Carranza as well at 197, who was the heavyweight the year before. So he dropped down to 197. But... He actually was out all last year uh, with injury, um, so he hadn't wrestled in a in a year. Or so, um, and even from one day to the next, from Thursday duel with Western to Friday's duel, he just jumped another level. He really showed what he's capable of. And I think when you haven't wrestled for a year, sometimes you you know it takes you a little bit to get back. And so um, he looked lights out, great on on Friday. So really proud of. You know his jump and effort, and then uh, Tyler Doyle, heavyweight. You know he was heavyweight last year, was kind of in and out of the lineup, but um, shared the lineup with another guy. But this year has just jumped a level, and and um, yeah, he 
put on a little bit of weight from last year. He was a light heavyweight last year, and they put on a little bit of muscle over the over the off season and summer. And um, he's on a tear right now. So it's definitely good things to come from those upper weights. Mike Mendoza, CMU men's wrestling coach, with us on the Team Sports Network. I believe you won now like twelve straight uh, home duels. So that success continues at Brownson Arena, Mike. And they have a little bit of downtime before. Uh, uh, December 16th, you head out to Indianapolis, Indiana for the 44th annual Midwest Classic. Give us a preview of uh, what you expect to see out there. Yeah, so the top teams in Division Two are out there. So it's going to be, you know, just shy of what we would expect to see at the national tournament in terms of just a lot of the top teams and top wrestlers. So it's a good opportunity for our guys, you know. For, for some of our, and really most of our lineup, they're kind of new to the starting position, uh, starting spot. So um, I think this is a team that, while maybe a little bit young or maybe they got two years or three years, they're going to be a team that continues to get better throughout the year. And this tournament is a, is a great kind of checkpoint of where we're at and where we want to be because all these guys, of course, you know, want to want to get on the podium and that's their goal. So it's a good good tournament for us to kind of see where we're at and where they're at individually all right hey mike we appreciate it great start for your wrestling team looking forward to talking with you more throughout the season uh, happy holidays and thanks again for joining us hey thank you appreciate it all right mike mendoza cmu men's wrestling coach with us on the program today all right uh, 9:52 on tomorrow's program we have the wildcat classic of course coming up this weekend out at Fruit of Monument Girls Basketball uh, Tournament uh, with the Wildcats off to a great start. We'll talk with their coach, Jeff Johnson, on tomorrow's program. And we're hoping maybe maybe Chris Marlowe from Altitude. Ooh. Maybe tomorrow, maybe Intrigued. Thursday. We're not sure yet. <laughs> we are, we are efforting to make that happen. But we do know that Brian Roth will be with us tomorrow and Connor McGahee, the radio voice of the Edge. Nice. So we do well. I have to... Double check with Connor, like Talk I always do every Tuesday. Sweet college hoops with Brian Roth. Off to an 8-0 start. CSU is, uh, well, what can you say about him right now? They're very, very solid. And then Patrick Cartier hasn't even really played and been a, mm-hmm. a factor for them. But, man, Isaiah Stevens is, right. Now, he's one of the best guards in the country right now. Not just... Not in the state or in the Mountain West or anything like that. Right. One of the best guards in the country. And Joel Scott's a stud. Joel Scott's a stud. The former Black Hills State standout uh, who transferred is definitely a stud. All right. uh, Time to wrap it up with some garbage time this morning. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right. So uh, last night, Manning cast... Known for, of course, Peyton mm-hmm. and Eli, hence the Manning cast name. Yeah. But you know what else it's known for? Quarter zip. Quarter zip pullovers. I'm a fan of the quarter zip pullover. And My wife made... joked that their mom dressed them, which very well could be the case. With the hair combed to the side, it definitely looked like Olivia had something to do with it. Yes. They even made former President Barack Obama. They said you mm-hmm. got to wear a three quarter. You got to wear a quarter zip, and he did. He was like, "Yeah, of course he, of course President President Obama is going to be He's down with that." Good sport about that sort He's of thing. Going to be a he good sport that, about it. I think it. that was either earlier this year or last year. Absolutely. So when uh, good former Good Morning Football, because Kay Adams used to be the host mm-hmm. of it, uh, she made an appearance. 
that they they were they made her wear a a blue quarter so zip. They didn't make her wear that. Oh, oh they. She joked that she didn't get the memo. Oh, okay. I thought and she had then to wear it. One of the Manning cast producers in New York City, I guess, Omaha Productions, brought him his own quarter zip from home, so okay. she could wear it for the rest of her appearance. Yeah, they didn't make her. She poked fun the fact that she didn't get the memo. And so they, somebody with Omaha Productions, as she said, brought her one. Because I would have thought since mm-hmm. they made President Obama yeah. do it, they're going to make Kay Adams wear one. She joked that a drone brought it, but the drone wasn't accurate. But <laughs> Omaha Productions actually brought it mid-segment for her, mid-appearance mid for her to put on. Regardless... She had a quarter zip on. It's pretty funny either way. Just the same color as Eli and and Peyton's quarter zip. Okay. I stand corrected. They didn't make her. Well, they kind of did because they found one for her and she put it on. (laughs) Put it that way. That's our show for today. Back with you tomorrow.